2: This is the Tom Hartman Program. And greetings, my friends, patriots, lovers of democracy, truth, and justice, believers in peace, freedom, and the American way. Tom Hartman here with you. So I have some questions and some issues that I wanted to share with you. And I think that these are like, this is like really consequential stuff. This is, this is like right at the essence of what the House Intelligence Committee, now the Impeachment Committee, has been looking into, and that the Judiciary Committee will be taking up soon. And this is, you know, Donald Trump is following an old script. In fact, it's a script that was in a book that was on the nightstand next to his bed for years, according to his first wife, Ivana Trump. And in her in her uh, memoirs, I believe it was, or maybe it was in her divorce papers, she noted that, Uh, Donald Trump had this book on his nightstand next to their bed and, uh, you know, read from it from time to time, and that this book, this book has a quote in it. I just want to read you this quote. This is a quote from this book that that was the only book next to Donald Trump's bed, according to his wife. Quote, The masses more readily fall victims to the big lie than the small lie, since they themselves often tell small lies in little matters. Would, but would be ashamed to resort to large-scale falsehoods. It would never come into their heads to fabricate colossal untruths, and they would not believe that others would have the impudence to distort the truth so infamously. Even though the facts which prove this to be so may be brought clearly to their minds, they will still doubt and waver and will continue to think that there may be some other explanation for that big lie end of quote actually the court ended before i said before that big lie so we are now seeing this strategy this big lie strategy played out right in front of us every single day we've been watching it for three years coming out of the trump administration and the question on my mind is what is trump's biggest lie over at daily coz they were speculating that his biggest lie was read the transcript Because that lies, you know, because he knows, you know, 99% of his followers, probably 99.9% of his followers are never going to go, gee, I think I'll go online and find this uh, five-page transcript and read the whole thing. No, it's not going to happen. So when Trump says read the transcript at the same time that he's saying, you know, no quid pro quo, no bribery, no extortion, Just like with the Mueller report i mean he's he's this is a complete recycling right of his last strategy this guy has become so predictable and so my question for you is what do you think is his biggest lie daily coast says his biggest lie is uh, read the transcript i think no collusion complete exoneration is one of his biggest lies obviously you know (laughs) no bribery no extortion is a big lie but there's thousands of other lies, I mean, he lied about immigration, he's lied about the number of people who have been t- separated from their families. He's lied about the policy and why how and why and how the policy came about. He's made thirteen thousand four hundred and thirty five lies as of about a week ago, according to the Washington Post. He's lied about the stock market. Oh, we've had the biggest stock market. No, no, Obama had those. Um, he's lied about the job, you know, job job creation and unemployment. Yes, it's low, but it's just following a trend. In fact, that trend has softened that started with Obama after the, after the great George Bush Republican crash of 2008. He's lied about the impact of his tariffs. He's lied about the impact of the, uh, of the, the, the sanctions. He's lied about U.S. troop withdrawals from the Middle East. He's lied about Syria. He's lied about the size of his crowds from his inauguration on through. He's lied about the weather, for God's sake. Complete with a sharpie. Now, to give him a little bit of credit george w excuse me donald trump is not the first american president to have consequentially lied to the american people in a way that actually cost lives american lives and cost america uh, trillions of dollars the most recent winner of that award goes to george w bush and dick cheney a couple of war criminals who lied us into a war in Iraq saying that Saddam Hussein had weapons of mass destruction, when in fact they knew that he didn't. And the the head weapons inspector for the United Nations, Hans Blick, was saying, nope, there's nothing here. The uh, the, the U.S. representative to that was saying, no, there's nothing there. Remember Scott? He's, he was on this program a number of times. Uh, You know, they they knew that they were lying. Dick Cheney was cherry picking that at that evidence. And here we are. Right. Here we are. uh, You know, two three trillion dollars in the hole. Enough to give Medicare to everyone. Right. (laughs) Enough to enough to cancel all student loan. All student loan debt in the United States is one and a half trillion dollars. And just, the one, just one of the two wars that George W. Bush started unnecessarily, the one that he specifically lied us into, the war in Iraq, has cost us over $2 trillion. All student debt in America is $1.5 trillion. Republicans say, oh, there's no way we can afford to cancel all student debt. Hell, you've got some Democrats saying we can't afford to cancel all the student debt. But we can always afford a new war, right? And now Trump wants to get us in a war with Iran, as far as I can tell. So you go through the list of the things that Trump has done and then lied about. He has solicited foreign attacks on our elections. He did that back in 2016 when he said, Russia, if you're listening, you know we'd like to, we'd, we'd like to get Hillary Clinton's emails. And sure enough, there they go. He has used federal appropriations the federal government, the, the, the Congress of the United States, Article One branch of the, uh, you know, constitutional Article I branch of the government, the first among equals, said, here's $391 million to help Ukraine, you know, fight against this, you know, everybody's calling it Russian aggression. Um, from what I know of this situation in Donbass and, you know, the Eastern part of Ukraine, it's part, you know, Russian infiltration or whatever, but mostly, the people who live in that region are of Russian ancestry. I mean, the Soviet Union moved people around a lot. And, and they filled up that part of Ukraine with Russians. And so you've got Russian ancestry, Russian speakers. So really, what's going on is almost a civil war in Ukraine. Or an attempt to secede. I mean, it's essentially a secession effort. But whatever you want to call it, we appropriated $391 million to Ukraine. And Trump withheld that and lied about it to us and the world. Trump withheld that money in, in, in order to try to blackmail Zelensky. He has put into place an across-the-board refusal to comply with any congressional oversight whatsoever. I mean, there's just this, this long list He's 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 got the Bill Barr and the Justice Department investigating the people who were investigating him. That's something that autocrats do. He's, uh, to the best of our knowledge, destroyed or concealed all kinds of records that the federal you know, record keeping act requires be made available. And the, and the Congress has asked for and federal law requires him to give to Congress. He's refusing to. He's been using unsecure phones to talk to foreign leaders and his own people. I mean, we heard Sondland's testimony the other day. He's hiding things on a, on a server that is not designed to hide things, except things like you know the raid on bin Laden. He's tried to award federal contracts to his own companies. He ran a phony charity and, and had to pay a fine and shut it down. Because he was violating campaign finance laws and using money people had given to his charity, thinking it was going to go to vets, to help his 2016 campaign to become president. He paid off a porn star and a Playboy model so that they wouldn't talk about the affairs he had with them in the year after his wife gave birth to his youngest child, Barron. And he lied about that to the American people, he lied about that to investigators. His lawyer lied about that to Congress and to investigate and to the FBI and his lawyers in jail right now for that. He lies incessantly to the American people. He covered, he participated in the cover up of Jamal Khashoggi's murder. He has spent fully one third of all his days in office visiting his own properties and a quarter of his days in office. Playing golf on his own golf courses. He continues to to run the Trump Hotel in Washington D.C. Even though the lease on the old postal this is the post, postal office building, the old Washington D.C. post office, that lease says that if the leaseholder, in this case Donald Trump, uh, ever becomes a an elected official, they have to surrender the lease. He hasn't done that. He's violated the both emoluments clauses, the foreign and domestic one. He's used security clearances to benefit. His kids, Ivanka and Jared, after the government said no, you can't give security clearances to these people. They're so corrupt. Are you kidding? And they're entangled in foreign governments. And Ivanka is getting, you know, uh, patents and trademarks on voting machines, among other things. He has shut down our own federal government's efforts to fight domestic terrorism, specifically white nationalism. He's aggressively refused to do anything about an insecure election system. He's got a Hatch Act offender. He's got, uh, you know, uh, in his office, Uh, not just one, by the way, I mean, obviously Kellyanne Conway, but there's others who have been using federal property for political purposes. It's against the law. He he invites foreign leaders to his private businesses. He uses the presidency to push his private businesses. Andrew Johnson was a, was one of the articles of impeachment against him was that he was inappropriately and unfairly attacking members of Congress and calling them names. Trump Trump is doing that. He's supporting authoritarian leaders around the world and dissing our traditional allies, actual small-D democratic governments. I mean, where do you begin? He lies about his conversations with foreign leaders and then hides them from us. What's his biggest lie? This is the Tom Hartman Program. What is his most consequential lie? You know, another lie is that he won the presidency overwhelmingly. No, I'm sorry. He lost by three million votes. Zoe in Encino, California. Hey, Zoe, what's, uh, you got a biggest lie comedy?
0: Oh, I do, but I also want to not say anything except thank you so much and happy thanksgiving. Well, thank we you. are all Back so blessed you. to have people like you who are doing the footwork, but Americans wake up, it's time we did our homework. We yep. need to read the books, we need to know our history. So important. So so important. Otherwise, we are sheep and we are threatened by fakes yep. like Donald Trump. And you know what? As far as his biggest lie, he is the biggest lie. He has no persona. Mm -hmm. He is not even worthy of being called a chameleon. He is a nobody. He is nothing. And the people that he's hurting the most, whether they know it or not, they may be the last to figure it out. Is his family. Mm -hmm. He is leaving a Ugly legacy for his whole family. Although he is, he has set up a
2: situation where they can each independently have their own businesses, and they're each getting rich in those businesses. Ivanka and Jared made what was it, uh, sixty-four million or one hundred and thirty-four million? I don't remember the amount, but they made millions and millions of dollars last year. And uh,
0: one day they may figure it out that money is not everything and that people and belonging and connectedness and gratitude. That's what's really important. And thank you so much for starting off our Thanksgiving with your program.
2: Well, thank you. Thank you, Zoe. And was that what was the biggest lie that you were nominating?
0: He is. He's oh, he's big, the biggest lie.
2: Donald he Trump is himself. He's the biggest
0: lie. He's a big, perfect, and he uses those words to project his own inadequacies.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. If you
0: think about it, he is just throwing everything at other people that is really a part of whatever he is.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. Zoe, thank you.
0: Projection, projection, there you go. projection.
2: There you go. Well said. Zoe, thank you. And thank you for your kind words. I hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Okay. Speaking of surprises, FLOTUS, the first lady of the United States, Melania Trump was introduced to a group of high school students at one of her be best things, which just doesn't make sense, but in any case, and uh, here's how it played out. I'll let you decide how you think it went for her.
3: It is my pleasure to introduce to you the First Lady of the United States of America.
2: And the booze just went on. She's just coming up on stage now. More booze. Obviously, there's a lot of applause, too, but she's waving at people and looking very fashionable. But that happened. <laughs> Jeff, in Fort Dodge, Iowa, watching us on Free Speech TV. Hey, Jeff, what do you think?
4: Well, I don't know, Tom. Uh, I wanted to call and let you know I received a letter from my senator, Chuck Grassley, and just a quick comment from the letter that he sent me. He says on September 27th, 2019, I sent a letter to Attorney General Barr mm-hmm. inquiring whether the Justice Department has acquired information from Ukrainian prosecutors that may contradict the stated reasoning behind uh, Biden's threat to withhold U.S. Uh, from Ukraine, assistance from Ukraine. So he wants information think- from
2: those corrupt Ukrainian prosecutors?
4: Yes, and then he says the letter also new, renews an inquiry into the department's response to reported efforts by Ukrainians in coordination with DNC associates to acquire damaging information on Donald Trump during his 2016 presidential campaign.
2: Amazing. And Chuck so Grassley is the head so of the, intel. So- which committee is he in charge of in the Senate? Is it is it Judiciary? It's judiciary well, at one
4: time, he was the head of the Senate Judiciary
2: Committee. The Senate, according to reports that I heard on several different television networks, all 100 members of the United States Senate, or at least all the ones who showed up, but according to these reports, all 100 members, if they didn't get it personally, they got it through their staff, were briefed by the intelligence community, that the Ukrainians did not meddle in any way in our 2016 election. There was one, I believe he was a member of the Ukrainian parliament, who wrote an op-ed in a Ukrainian newspaper back during the Republican primary, outraged that Donald Trump had said Ukraine should just give Crimea to Russia. So you know, he wrote this op-ed criticizing Trump for that. And, that, and that's real. But that's not interfering in our election. That's a member of a foreign parliament, as I recall. He might have been an official in the, in the administration. But it's a member of a foreign government expressing outrage over a presidential candidate saying that that foreign government should give away part of their territory to another country. That's not meddling in an election. And that's the only thing that I've heard that has any reality to it. And I mean, Nunes pointed this out two or three times during the hearings as if it was some giant conspiracy. It's bizarre, Jeff.
4: Well, I, my question is, Tom, I think this is all based around money, and I'm wondering how much Russian money is being filtered. To these United States senators, because you know the the, the Republicans, it's all about money, money, well, money. Well, we know
2: about five or six or seven million dollars from various uh, Russian oligarchs that has gone to Republican senators. I mean, that's been reported a couple times. But it's not just Russian oligarchs; it's oligarchs all over the world. I mean, you've got Israeli oligarchs, you've got Saudi oligarchs, you've got United Arab, Arab Emirates uh, oligarchs who are all supporting the Republican Party and Donald Trump, um, Seth. Seth, uh, what's his last name? Abramson uh, wrote a book about it. He was on this show about it. It's called Proof of Conspiracy. Jeff, thanks for the call. With all the problems unfolding for the Fed and central banks, you may be asking some very important questions. How close are we to the next economic collapse? What will it look like just before the crash? And how can I protect my investments and my retirement? There are few people better suited to answer these questions than ITM Trading's Chief Market Analyst, Lynette Zhang. Her fact-based research on the markets, currencies, and economy is second to none, and her videos have prepared people for almost every major downfall in the U.S. economy this year. If you haven't heard of Lynette Zhang and ITM Trading, I highly recommend looking them up. They're pioneers in economic education, and they're experts at creating strategies to protect you against the next inevitable crisis. If you're looking to protect your wealth or just hedge against the most volatile economy since 2007, go to youtube.com slash ITM trading. I recommend learning as much as you can before the next crisis hits, so you can make the most educated choices while there's still time. That's youtube.com slash ITM trading. So what do you think is Donald Trump's biggest, most destructive lie? There's the vilification lies, but the systemic lies, the lies that call into question the integrity of our country. His lie that the press in the United States is the enemy of the people, that's pretty damn consequential. That has a huge impact. I mean, that's echoing Joe Stalin and Mao Zedong. Or his lie that a judge, Judge Quaylor, I think was his name, who was the judge in the trump university case because that judge's grandfather was born in mexico the judge had been born in ohio or indiana or chicago somewhere in the midwest but he called him a mexican and said he can't rule you know dispassionately on my case calling into question our judiciary that's a pretty consequential lie i mean what do you think is the biggest lie morris in long beach listening on kpfk you've got some ideas morris
5: Yes, sir. The biggest lie that the president has told was when he uh, questioned the character of those folks coming from south of the American border. Uh, Frederick Douglass once said that an oppressor ever finds in the character of the oppressed justification for the oppression. Right. Uh, Donald Trump is simply a uh, projectionist, if you want to understand him. And he's a
2: mean-spirited man. But that's the worst thing he's done. And thank you. You're welcome. I, I think that's a, that's a great entry, Morris. Mike in Lomita, California, listening on KPFK. Hey, Mike
6: yeah well, of course, the biggest lie he ever told was when he took the oath of office and swore to defend the Constitution. But my nominations are for a question you were asking last week, I don't think ever got answered, and that was the quote, "Will no one rid me of this turbulent priest Right. And that was not from literature but from real life. King Henry the Second said that or is supposed to have said something like that, and mm-hmm.
7: a it's also short from time Shakespeare, later, isn't it?
6: only it was meddlesome for no. Reason. No? Okay. No, it's from real history. Oh, so okay. Henry, they said, see, uh, his old buddy uh, Thomas Beckett was, he named him to be Archbishop of Canterbury. Oh, yeah. And, uh, uh, he got a, grew a conscience after he be- acquired the position as head of the church. Right. And a couple of Henry's knights went down to Canterbury and very gruesomely murdered him. He right. became a major saint of the medieval period. Yeah. But it uh, sort of relates to my uh, nomination for his current biggest lie, and that is about the whistleblower, because, ah, so. of course, every time he threatens... Somebody or calls them the enemy of the people or of the country, they are at risk of being murdered by some loony, like the several loonies that have been prosecuted already the El Paso shooter, right. the guy that mailed the bonds to everybody he considered an enemy. Right. And the lie about the whistleblower is basically it's a lie about the lie because he lies that the identity of the whistleblower needs to be revealed for fairness even after all the claims in the whistleblower report have been proven by people with first hand knowledge right. and at the same time claiming that the report is no worth uh, nothing because it's all hearsay and the whistleblower didn't hear it directly right. So he's, tell- he's calling us idiots.
2: So, and, and it's, a, it's a, like a multi level lie. <laughs> it's like an Amway lie. Yes. Right? Instead of multi level marketing, yeah. it's multi level lying. Mike, that's a good one, too. Yes, Thank so you very much. Uh, and, and thanks for uh, reminding me about Thomas Beckett. Huh. It's amazing. Somehow I, I thought that was from Shakespeare. Mike, thanks, thanks so much for the call. We'll be right back. So we're talking about Donald Trump's lies and trying to figure out what the biggest one is. This uh, Gallagher guy, this Navy SEAL, this is an indication of how powerful Fox News is. This guy's a regular on Fox News. He goes on Fox News and he talks about how wonderful he is and how he should be pardoned and all this kind of stuff. And so Trump basically fires his Navy secretary. The Navy secretary resigned over this. This guy shot a little girl, a teenage girl in the stomach and her terrified friends had to drag her body off. That's not what he was convicted of. That was one of several charges against him. He was not exonerated on it at all. That's not why they ultimately kicked him out. But I think this guy is a monster. I mean, the military has already said that he's a war criminal. So is that one of his biggest lies? Robbie, Portland, Oregon. Nomination? Well, actually, I was going to nominate. I was going to say Trump's probably the most
8: honest representation of what America stands for compared to all the presidents since JFK. I think a lot of people get wrapped up in his lies you know i do you know agree with you but uh when you said that he said he had overwhelmingly won the vote he did win the electoral college vote kind of overwhelmingly
2: and then second of all wasn't alexander a part of that dnc ukrainian stuff where the democrats are trying to figure out dirt on trump alexander who's alexander well that whole thing about the ukraines and the democrats working somebody from the DNC camp was looking for dirt on Trump. Anyway, it wasn't dirt on Trump. It was when Paul Manafort became the campaign chair. It was fairly common knowledge that Paul Manafort had been working in Ukraine for a corrupt Ukrainian oligarch. And so, you know, I'm sure that people would have been looking into that. But your point is well taken. I mean, you know, if, if Trump's saying, you know, well, we're putting troops in Syria to secure the oil, yeah. Okay, maybe he's telling the truth. But everything else, no. Michael in Denver. Hey, Michael, what's up?
3: Yes, hi. Good morning, Tom. You're leading just before this call, caller about... CPO Gallagher uh, and all. We forget about Milai and Lieutenant Callie and all. You know the men that were in his detachment. They were the instrument, but he gave the orders. For me, the biggest lie. in Well, hang on, just say it if I
2: may. Callie's men were the ones who ultimately turned him in. The same is true of Gallagher. Eight of the guys in his SEAL team testified against him. They're the ones who brought these charges or who caused these charges to be brought up what trump is doing is not just destroying morale what he's doing is destroying the principles on which your military operates george washington during the revolutionary war gave an order the the british were just notorious for for literally starving american prisoners of war to, to death for throwing them yeah. into absolute hellholes, for letting them die of dysentery and other diseases and george washington gave the order that all British uh, prisoners of war were to be treated well. He said, treat them with respect. And and the result of that was, as soon as it became well-known among the British soldiers that if you surrendered to the American troops, you'd get three square meals and a decent place to sleep every night, and an opportunity to become an American citizen after the war was over, the British started surrendering like there was no tomorrow. I mean, that was one of the things that helped George Washington win the damn war. And yeah, and that's yeah, exactly. always the case in war. You always want the 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 enemy, as it were, to see you as 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 human and reasonable and as an alternative to the government for which they're working. Anyhow, back that's to you, the, Michael.
3: That's the Navy I come from from the Vietnam War. We made lots of mistakes, and there were crimes committed. I think by every branch of the military in Vietnam, but. I will tell you that I was there when some of our Navy guys going to Saigon got wild, and they had to pay the military price for it. You know, it... it, They got
2: court-martialed for abusing civilians, basically.
3: Exactly. Exactly. Women. You know, and uh, which happened that, you know, it was very, very common. But if you got caught, you were going to face the joint panel. And Tom, will we see the day... This is rhetorical. Remember what happened back in Germany when all of the military had to raise their right hands and, in unison, swear loyalty to the new Fuhrer. I see in the fog that this is something in this guy's head. And I'm from Brooklyn, New York, so I know how he thinks and all. He hides when he has to hide, and then he he, he bolsters himself up like he's done this. He is now creating a schism in the military, which right. I see. Civilians might not see it yet, but he's going to have his guys on one side and the people's guys on the other side, and that's going to be a last. Last
2: thing. Friday when I was in Los Angeles, I had a long conversation with a fellow who is an expert on military matters, and he made a couple of points to me. I think one of the most important was that there's a growing schism in the military in all branches right now between the officers and the enlisted men. The officers, largely college-educated, enlisted men, largely high school-educated. The officers are turning against Trump. Many of them went to the War College, you know, for the various services. They understand that what Trump is doing is not only anti-American, but is also destructive to the military itself. Whereas the enlisted men are just, you know, they're watching Fox News and and listening to uh, Rush Limbaugh on on American Forces radio and just going, you know, yay, Trump. And uh, this is dangerous, dangerous stuff.
3: Tom, to you and your family there at the studio, thanks for everything you do. I watch you and I record you every day because that's why I'm
2: getting my Thank you. And happy Thanksgiving this week. I hope you have a great week. Uh, Appreciate the call. Thank you. George in Santee, California, you have a nomination? Yes, Tom. Happy Thanksgiving. And uh, also, I believe that Donald Trump has affluenza, but one of his big legs has to be... Certainly his sons do. Yeah. And his daughter. Yeah. yeah, One of his big legs has to be that he's a stable genius. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Right, go. There you go. And all the implications of that during the primary that that he was going to be the only honest guy basically. I mean, if you saw the movie Bullworth, you know, where George uh, what's his name? decides that he's going to suddenly just tell the truth as a politician. He has this epiphany and he starts telling the truth and it destroys him. Trump sort of played that role, that Bullworth role, except that he wasn't telling the truth. He was lying. I mean, he told the truth about how corrupt Washington, D.C. has become, but, you know, it was his own party, really. And he called out his own party in some cases. And I think that's one of the reasons he's president right now. But it was all based on, you know, a lie underneath it all. And uh, thank you very much for the call. By the way, I don't know if I mentioned in the first segment when I quoted from that book that was on the nightstand next to Trump's bed, it was the collected speeches of Adolf Hitler and Mein Kampf, you know, this edition. Nancy in Detroit, Trump's biggest lie, Nancy? I think his biggest lie was when, in the very beginning, when he, I don't even, I think it was in the campaign, when he lied to us and was
0: basically priming us to say that he was above the law by saying that he could shoot anybody on Fifth Avenue in, in New York. And he was trying to set us up to say that you know he was above the law and he could do anything.
2: Well, that might have been one of his most destructive comments, but it's looking like maybe it wasn't a lie.
1: Oh that's scary that's true <laughs> yeah.
2: but no i get i get your point i and i absolutely agree with your point and uh, ultimately let's hope that that is proven to be his one of his biggest lies in as right. much as you know he actually gets prosecuted for some of the things he's doing thank you nancy i appreciate the call charles in miami hey charles trump's biggest um, lie
5: to me i got two of them man i don't know which one but the first one was north korea and him saying that he can uh, talk to Kim Jong-un, they have a special relationship, right. and basically he's going to help denuclearize it. But like I called you before, if um, they get, if they let North Korea in the fold, it's actually China that's, that's controlling North Korea, and if they they, they decide that they denuclearize, then what are you going to do with all of those North Koreans that's going to be able to work? I mean, you don't know, have a be part of the labor market, they're going to drive down wages. Yeah, I think, you know, my prediction
2: for that, Charles, and this is a little off topic, but I, you know, I think it's an interesting conversation. My prediction is that, you know, as the United States was industrializing, you know, from the 1870s right up until the 1960s, more or less, 1970s, during that century, we built all of our factories right here in the United States, and we built everything with American labor. But as American labor, as more and more people got unionized, and as the price of America labor went up. And as our tariffs started coming down in the mid-60s, and they were really down substantially by the mid-1970s, American companies started building factories in, Ch- in Mexico because labor was much cheaper in Mexico. And we started outsourcing our manufacturing to Mexico simply because of cheap labor. My prediction is as China, China still has, I mean, you know, with over a billion people, they've got a couple hundred million of them now who are solidly in the Chinese middle class and they and, and are starting to make a good living. But they still have, you know, hundreds of millions of people in very poor areas of China who they can build, fact, you know, where there's cheap labor basically. But when China becomes as middle class, you know, on, a, on an average kind of per capita basis across, you know, it's billion people, when they become as middle class as the United States was in the 1960s, which I think is going to happen in the next 20 years, then they're going to start offshoring their jobs, or not offshoring, but, you know, uh, relocating many of their jobs to North Korea. And then you're going to see North Korea start coming up the way that Mexico did. That's my prediction. Anyhow, Charles, what's your second line?
8: Okay, the
5: second line is... Um Saying that well, they're always fighting between the Kurds and uh, Syria and um, Turkey, and that uh, we should just pull out. What he did wow. was he actually destroyed what President Obama and, as far as I'm concerned, the Democrats were building. We had Iran with we had a nuclear treaty with them. Um, as far as Assad, we was containing them, and um, we was going to kick, uh, we was going to get rid of uh, Russia out of the Middle East. And last but not least, by him. Uh, not um, involved in something. I think that's the way that they get um, American diplomats, you know, to be compromised, be compromised by the Russians, and right. you know. Well, they're not just compromised by the Russians.
2: They're compromised by, by Trump himself, Charles. Charles, thank yeah, we'll you for the call. About I, you know, about it. Yeah, spot on. I got it. We'll be back. You're listening to Tom Hartman. Visit TomHartman.com for audio and video archive. It's the place where smart people get their news, the Tom Hartman Program. Back with more of your calls on Trump's biggest lie right after this. Zach in North Hollywood, California. Hey, Zach, what do you think is Trump's biggest lie? I think it's the first lie and the biggest lie that Mitch
3: McConnell, William Barr, every treason weasel in Congress, and
2: Donald Trump told, which is the oath they took to the Constitution, that's a good point. An earlier caller made that comment about uh, Trump taking that oath on Inauguration Day. Um, it's the first and biggest lie, and it's still in our face. Yeah, and one of the most consequential. I mean, you know, they're, they're, they're violating their oath of office, and they're doing it on a regular basis. And uh, this, I agree, and it's extremely destructive to the United States. in uh, the military police from the United States
3: Army. Yeah. Two 250-pounders with handcuffs.
2: To do what? To arrest Trump. Oh, yeah. Good luck. I, way, I, everybody, I don't everybody want the into, Army arresting Trump, Zach. That that would be a military coup. Um, the Army should play no role in impeachment, in removal from office, or anything. That, that so this be, is after the military tribunal. Well see he's not subject to military law that's that's one of the things that I really value about our constitution and that the founders were very very emphatic about is that the head the head of all the military in the United States, the commander in chief of the United States military, has to be a civilian, cannot be a a military officer. And in fact, when when Ulysses Grant was running for office, there was a debate about whether he should be allowed to be president because he had been a a general, a, a senior commander. Although the very first president, George Washington, obviously led our troops in the Revolutionary War. I think that was probably more of a partisan hit on Grant but the bottom line is i don't want the military doing that if somebody is going to remove if somebody has to physically remove him from office it should probably be the secret service the problem is that the secret service used to be a relatively independent agency it was part of the treasury department and in the last i guess it was in 2003 or 2004 when when george uh, w bush created the department of homeland security he moved the secret service out of the treasury department and which, by the way, is where they were put after the assassination of Abraham Lincoln, and moved them out of the Treasury Department and into the Department of Homeland Security. So now, basically they work for Trump there's 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 not an independent agency within the executive branch that i think could physically remove him from office congress has no police powers and they have no police agencies other than the sergeant at arms who loses most of his authority when he walks out of the building and the supreme court has none whatsoever the the security provided by the, to the supreme court is appropriated by congress and, and provided by the uh, by you know Article Two branches. Um, I, I'm not sure if it's the Secret Service. What about
8: or, RICO? What about RICO?
2: Um, the Racketeering uh, and Influenced uh, Corrupt Organization Act is uh, you know it's a federal law that that is very very tightly defined, narrowly defined to go after the mafia. And we had a RICO expert on this program last year, and he said he didn't. You know, unless you could prove that Trump was part of the mafia, which I think actually is something that might be provable. You know? I mean, uh, there was somebody last week when Lamar was on who, on. I don't recall if it was, I think it was on Twitter, uh, asked me the question, you know, wanted me to ask Lamar, and I just never had a chance to because we ran out of time. But, uh, you know, do you think that Jimmy Hoffa's body is buried in Trump Tower? Because Trump Tower is an all-concrete building that was built just a few months after uh, Jimmy Hoffa vanished. I I kind (laughs) of doubt that, but who knows? Zach, thanks. So what is Trump's biggest lie, Ken, in Lafayette, Colorado? Ken, what's your nomination? I got this submitted to use from.
7: This was early on in his, I guess, quest for the White House when he said that he saw thousands of Muslims cheering in the streets after 9-11. Right.
6: That was a horrible
2: lie. That was a horrible lie. And he repeated lie. it over exactly. and over. He
6: continues to repeat it. And the really definite, I guess, president and look at What's happened since then, all the assaults by, for lack of a better term, all these Trump thugs, you know, be it El Paso, it's all based on his stoking the flames that really are there. It's really, and no one's called him out with the exception of you and a few others,
5: but not one Republican has ever called him out. Yeah, on that or any uh, any of this stuff.
2: Yeah, I get it. That's a that's a huge lie, Ken. Thank you for that, Robert in Phoenix, Arizona. What do you think is Trump's biggest lie, Robert? We're digging clean coal. We're digging clean coal. <laughs> that's a good one. That's a great one. Yeah, he had the
7: hat on. The hat was the same size as his head was, too big for each other. Yeah. And here he is with the shovel, and he's digging. We're gonna dig clean coal. What happened? Coles are filing bankruptcy yes,
2: and yeah.
7: then the the other lie that he tells, oh, I can't understand the, the the Democrats, we go into a fight with the Republicans with a bat and they come with a gun oh. yeah uh, we've got a lot of construction here in Arizona. I mean it's going like gangbusters. Mm-hmm. they're using all illegal uh, illegals to build up. Yeah. And as soon as they're through building, they're tossing them out. This is our pile country. Yeah,
2: what
7: yeah. This is we, we need
2: we need comprehensive immigration reform, and, and you know we and we need enforcement of our law our immigration laws against employers rather than against individual um, uh, undocumented workers. Uh, those people are just trying to do what's best for themselves and their families the employers are the ones who are exploiting the system uh, and the fact that Trump and that they know that you know no president since Ronald Reagan has been willing to throw employers in jail for hiring people who are not documented citizens of the United States and you know, that has to change too Mike in Hope Sound Florida hey Mike, your nomination for the biggest hey. lie great so did
1: anybody mention birtherism because nope, you're the first one.
2: Yeah, well, let me point that out, because
1: uh, he he spread that filthy filthy Hitler-esque lie for three or four years, and that was a brilliant move by somebody who's as fascist as he is, because uh, he gets the hate going, he gets the ignorance going, gets him stirred up, and never got called out seriously for it. He never should have been nominated by any party when he spread that filthy lie. And, Tom, great show. I just want to say one thing. Mm -hmm. The Rosenbergs were executed because of supposed treason. I mean it's pretty farcical when you look at the traders we have in this administration of what they did to the rosenbergs based on what's going on now and i just remind people it's a serious serious issue please think about uh yeah
2: if you watch there's the a there's a documentary about roy cohen that runs four or five uh <laughs> sessions or seasons or whatever they mm-hmm. call them and uh, it's either on hbo or on amazon prime i think it's hbo and it's breathtaking, and in that they yeah. point out that there was absolutely that there actually was evidence that the uh, Rosenberg husband—I uh, forget his name—but Ethel was his wife's name—that right. Julius, yeah, Jules or Julius, yeah. Julius uh, Rosenberg had actually given information to the Russians that he had actually acted as a spy. But there was no evidence that his wife even knew about it. And Roy Cohn right. was the prosecutor in that case, and he lied. To the judge or the jury or whichever it was, I think it was. I think it was a judge, and got her executed, and was Mm -hmm. gleeful about it. So uh, yeah, it's a good one, Mike. Thank you very much. But birtherism, huge. Jamal in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Hey, Jamal, what do you think is the biggest lie?
8: Yeah, so I have two of them, Tom, real quick. And then if I if I have an opportunity, if you could comment on something that a senator from Omaha, Omaha Nebraska recently tweeted. But the first one is the fact that Trump said that he was going to release his tax returns. I don't know if anybody's right. mentioned
3: this uh, yet.
2: Yes,
8: as, but, as soon I mean, as the I'm audit gonna- is over. <laughs> Yes. Right, right. He, he's so obviously, he's got either something to hide, that's something that he doesn't want somebody to see, uh, all of us to see, right. or he's just broke. Well, I think
2: it's both. He, he, I think what he's trying yeah. to hide is the fact that he's broke.
8: Right. The second one is, you know, the whole idea of him draining the swamp. I mean, it's uh, that's probably the most ridiculous statement that he's right. that he's made seems to me that all he's done is really just diverted the swamp um, and uh, um, uh, sort of filled it with uh, more and more nefarious creatures. Right. Um, Senator McCulloch, so I don't know if you know who that is, but he's from Nebraska. Um, five days ago, he tweeted something. If I could read you real quick and then just get, you know, get your response to it. Um, he says, I am under no obligation to conform to a brand of republicanism whose central tenet appears to be blind obedience to a charismatic leader. I will side with the Constitution. Let all reasonable Republicans unite. Let's take our party back from these charlatans.
2: Wait a minute—is this so, the United States Senator from Nebraska?
8: Yeah. What's yeah, his name? Oh yeah, yeah. He, he, his name is uh, McAllister. Last name McAllister. McAllister. M- McAllister. So M C C O L L I S T E R. Okay. I don't know anything about it. I don't know. I I've never heard of him. His seat is
2: up, I believe, for election. You sure he's not a state senator? Of course, I don't I I couldn't Um, tell you who your Nebraska senators are off the top of my head, but I'll have to, you know, we're um, um, You might be. Yeah, just take a look at it. I thought that was very illuminating. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's that's essentially what Justin Amash said, you know, and they kicked him out of the party. So amazing. Jamal, thank you for that. I appreciate the call. So Tony in Belfast, Maine. Hey, Tony, biggest lie. Hi, Tom. Um,
1: I just want to start by thanking you for everything. I just think you've made a tremendous contribution to America, so thank you. Oh, thank you. I know it doesn't seem that big, but his lies about bringing jobs back home to America and keeping them here, manufacturing, Mm -hmm. I think are huge because... They played a major part in getting him elected.
2: You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. When you talk to voters in the industrial Midwest, and particularly Michigan, Ohio, and Pennsylvania, and ask them why they voted for Trump, they said because he's going to bring our jobs home. Those trade deals that uh, Reagan and Bush negotiated and Clinton put into effect are so unpopular among Democrats and Republicans and independents. I mean, you know, I grew up in, in Lansing, Michigan, you know, GM and Fisher body and all that stuff. And it just wiped my city out. You know these trade yeah, deals.
1: Yeah, yeah, I know. I grew up in Kokomo, Indiana, so I I know about all the industry that goes on in that area of the country. Yeah. But I do think that got him a whole lot of votes. That, and also, which someone else mentioned earlier, is uh, his lies about health care. I think yes. those two things. If he never said lied about those two things, I don't think he would have been elected. Yeah, he
2: said uh, we're going to replace Obamacare with something that's better, more comprehensive, and cheaper. And. and
1: keep- Right, that's exactly right. Yeah. And so, what I don't know if I can ask a question. I, it's like, is there any way to combat his lies during the the the, the election process? Is there any way to what's a way to we that? Well, I think the biggest that? problem
2: we have is that Facebook is amplifying his lies. He's running ads on Facebook yeah. right now that contain lies. And Mark Zuckerberg, who has right. had a couple of secret meetings with Donald Trump, and who keeps inviting you know right wing people out to his mansion on the West Coast. And has brought Breitbart News, for God's sake, and uh, the Daily Caller into Facebook as you know reputable sources of news. Mark Zuckerberg is saying that's just fine with him. Uh, meanwhile, he's kicking people like me off Facebook. So yeah. uh, I think that that's the ace in the hole that Trump has. I think that if it were not for Facebook, probably Trump would not have become president in twenty sixteen. I think that was one of the biggest single variables, and I think that they're going to try and repeat that. Tony, I've got to move along, but thank you for the call. Jeff in Portland. Hey, Jeff, what's up?
4: Well, when it comes to Trump's biggest lie, I think it's his presidency itself. Pelosi said last week he's an imposter, and in my opinion, he reminds me of, of a greedy, malevolent version of the character from the Jersey Kaczynski novel Being There, the TV-watching simple-minded character Chance the Gardener, played by Peter Sellers in the 1978
2: film. Huh, I never saw and that movie or read that book. Oh, wow. wow. It's a guy
4: who, like I say, a simple-minded TV-watching guy who stumbled into becoming the president's most celebrated advisor. In a naive way, Trump is the malevolent version of that, who actually made it all the way to the president. Or Trump is the,
2: he's watching a TV network that is malevolent, and he's believing it. Either way, yeah. Yeah, I think it's probably Uh, both. But (laughs) is is this the most dangerous presidency in the history of our country, Tom for I think to your so. article I, I, I absolutely think this is this is an inflection point. this is yes, this is the most dangerous uh, presidency that we've ever had, and I think it's the most dangerous time that we've been in since the 1860s. Uh, Jeff, thank you for the call. Sam in Canton, North Carolina. Hey Sam, what's on your mind today? You got a biggest lie yeah, nominee?: uh, Well, you know, the, the basis for
9: the big lies. He said he's smarter than all the the admirals and the generals in the Pentagon. He said he's smarter than all the environmental scientists who have PhDs. He says he's smarter than all the uh, economists who have PhDs. He says he's got the big brain. He says he he seems to think he's the smartest man in the world. This is the basis for all of his lies. He's actually stupid. On top of that, he is stupid
2: enough to believe all of his lies. You're absolutely right. You're
9: right. (laughs) That's the basis for the big, the big lie. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I think
2: there's a, in psychology there's a, it's, I think it's called the Kruger Deming effect, as I recall. And, and basically, people who are afflicted with this mental illness actually believe that they're the smartest guy in the world.
9: Yeah, there was another study that I read years and years, or heard about and read years ago, that the people that are the least uh, effective, the least competent in the jobs they're doing believe themselves to be the most competent in the job that they're doing. Yeah. And what we've got in the White House is a guy that's dumber than a stump. Let's just be Let's be perfectly honest about it. And if I keep talking about it, I'm going to start using the words that the uh, Federal
2: Communications Commission doesn't like. You know? Okay. <laughs> yes. Dumber than dog doo-doo. I, I get it. Sam, thanks a lot for the call. I'm with you. Okay. Diane in Flemington, New Jersey. Hey, Diane, what do you think?
10: Well, I think perhaps, I don't know if anybody ever brought this up yet, the uh, lie about how he was going to fix health care and give everybody better and Less expensive health care.
2: Yes, that's a big that's, that's one of his big ones. And and there's a major scandal going on inside the Obamacare exchanges right now because of something that Trump did. But yes. Can I
10: also throw something at you, Tom? Something sure. that I can't sleep at night over. How much do we need to bet that this man is calling Gorsuch and Kavanaugh trying to arrange, you know, sucking up to them to try to influence them on the eventual court cases that they're that the Supreme Court is going to end up hearing?
2: I would bet just about anything that if Trump's not making those phone calls, people who helped, the billionaires who helped get him into office are making those phone calls. And I still oh. want to know who paid off Kavanaugh's $200,000 in gambling debts and who paid off the mortgage on his house. And, I mean, all these other things. I mean, Kavanaugh, had, he was in serious financial trouble. And all of a sudden, everything is wonderful.
10: Well, based on the recent behavior of Bill Barr, perhaps it would not be him to make
2: that call. Yeah. I'm thinking that it's, you know, the guys on the board of the uh, Heritage Foundation. It's the, you know, it's it's Robert Mercer and his buddies. It's people like that who have influence with these guys. I mean, keep in mind, for years, you know, every year, twice a year, Clarence Thomas and Antonin Scalia were going to the retreats that the Koch brothers put on with their billionaires as honored guests. And, you know, first class, or not even first class accommodations, private jets and everything, you know. And I'm sure that Gorsuch and Kavanaugh are now in on that little food fest there and are being lobbied just like Thomas and Scalia were being lobbied by the billionaires all those years. Lobbied and feted or fetid, or however you say it, F-E-T-E-D. Feted. I
10: think the revolution is coming,
2: Tom. Yeah, uh, I think so too. To I just take,
10: hope. I don't know. Yeah,
2: I just hope it goes the right way because revolutions have a way of cutting both ways. Yeah, thank you very much, Diane. Good to hear thank from you. you, Dennis in Shorewood, Illinois. Hey, Dennis. Biggest lie. Hi, Tom. Hey. Uh, my biggest lie kind of goes along with your last caller. My biggest lie with
7: him is when he says. It's going to be so great, you're not going to believe it. Believe me. If it's the wall, it's going to be the most beautiful wall, the biggest wall. You're not going to believe it. Believe me. Yeah. Or health insurance. Same thing. And uh, it's kind of like a, a tell. Mm-hmm. He's letting you know that he's lying by telling you to believe me. And to go along with it. I don't know if it was your show or somewhere else, but I heard where they were surveying uh, a bunch of Trumpers, mm-hmm. and they asked them, if the president said something, would you believe it? And they all said, absolutely. And then they gave a follow-up question, uh, if your relative said something, would you believe it? And the consensus was, eh, not necessarily. Right. I, mean, I have never seen this with anybody else. I don't care if
2: it was the Pope or the This pope is how Christ, people in cults behave. In <laughs> huh? this, is, this is how people in religions and cults behave. Yeah, yeah, and, just, and that's what we have here. We have a we have a cult that has formed around Donald Trump.
7: Yeah, I've never seen anything like that. It's hard for me to wrap my mind around it. And I got a side question to ask you. you gotta be real quick. On the Science Revolution podcast with right. uh, ecology. Yeah. Okay, I got my master's in environmental science education, but way back in the early '70s, so I'm not in the weeds on this yet. But I'm listening to two scientists, Michael Mann. I'm sure you're well aware of Michael Mann. Dennis, we're going to hit. We're going to hit it?
2: this break here in 10 seconds. Can you call right, back? Uh,
7: uh, real quick. Michael Mann versus Guy McPherson.
2: Oh, Michael Mann for the win. Absolutely. Dennis, thank you for the call. Gene in Town, Pennsylvania. Hey, Gene, what's up? Yeah, hi, Tom. How about the craziness of Trump's
6: over-the-top Castigating Hillary Clinton as the devil herself.
2: Yeah, I mean it turns out I really that,
6: think it is. Yeah. I really think it is because and it's it's a lie that goes back fifteen, twenty years with the Republicans oh, slandering yeah. her constantly. She oh, came in two thousand sixteen already hurt with her negatives going high and he drove it home with that nonsense. Right. Now we look back and we realize how silly it is. Don't vote for Hillary because there's something weird about her emails, her missing emails.
2: Right, or Benghazi. <laughs> Both of them were lies. Colin Powell was using AOL, he was using a private server when he was uh, Secretary of State. Just the whole thing is bizarre. I mean, it's well, in the Trump administration right now, Ivanka Trump is using a private server. <laughs> you know, it's, it's like... They use unsecured... was using just a, a regular, you know, cell phone to talk to foreign leaders. I mean, and and then we discover that there's this Stingray thing, which is one of these man-in-the-middle the intercepts where it behaves like it's a cell tower, and your cell phone connects to it, and, you know, it's got a cable on the out the back that's going into an actual cell tower or into the Internet, into an actual cell tower, so you can make phone yep. calls, and it all seems normal, but every bit of Internet traffic and every single one of your phone calls and everything on your phone phone. It can read. And for years, I was talking on this show about how when I lived in Washington, D.C., whenever I walked by the White House, my phone would lose 20, 30 percent of its charge in 15 minutes. And it's because the stingrays are just draining every single phone within two blocks of the White House. Well, it turns out they, you know, they outed it a couple of months ago and it was some Israeli guy who was doing this. And I don't know if it was Israel itself or it was some, you know, he was doing it for some other country or whatever. And Trump is using unsecured telephones. You know, that would be a scandal if it was a Democrat. Yeah. 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 Gene, thanks a lot for the call. Craig in Linwood, Washington. Hey, Craig, what's on your mind? You got a biggest lie nominee?
6: When Trump was running for president, he was interviewed by someone regarding what was one of his favorite books that he likes to read, and he talked about the Bible, okay? All right. And so... Turns out it was my care- <laughs> Yeah. But anyway, during another interview, somebody asked him about, can you name some of the famous proverbs in the Bible, and he really... Could not come up with an answer at all, right? And uh, the hypocrisy in just his answer, and and I think it's just hypocritical of him to to even
2: say that. Right. Um, he even to mentioned, to, as I recall, meeting. like Corinthians two, and it's you know Second Corinth. <laughs> it's like he didn't even know how to how to identify. The, you know, when Paul sent two letters, how, how typically they're they're identified by people who actually went to church.
6: Yeah absolutely yeah
2: it's it's amazing Craig thanks that's a good one Karen in uh, Waynesville North Carolina Karen your thoughts my vote for the biggest lie
1: is and it's basically from the fundamentalist right the preachers and Trump has kind of hinted that he believes this Mm -hmm. that he is sent by God to I don't know uh, bring Jesus or something and he is King Cyrus
2: yeah and he it's so dangerous because they want to destroy the world to force Jesus to come. That's right. That's right. They're trying to bring about a second coming by having a war in Israel. And, I, yeah. you know, it's it's on the it's on the edge right now. Karen, thank you. That was an excellent, okay. excellent nomination. Okay. We've got a lot of work to do in this country. And we've got a lot of work to do spreading the word about the work we have to do. So please let your friends know whether you're listening on Sirius Progress or whether you're listening on Pacifica or whether you're listening on one of our commercial affiliates or YouTube or wherever it may be. Free Speech TV. Tell your friends about it. Get out there. Get active tag you're it
5: you've been listening to Tom Hartman for audio and video archives visit tomhartman.com